Welcome to Ontario Outdoor Pursuit, your total Ontario hunting podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to Ontario Outdoor Pursuit. This week we are sitting in at Antler River Archery, the best bow shop around, and we are at 2517 Gideon Drive, Delaware. So as mentioned, we're going to get into everything archery this week, so why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Uh, my name is James Vanoss, I'm the owner of Antler River. And I'm Christopher Kirk. I'm the technician here. Great. So um, how about a little bit of history on Antler River? Um, The concept came, well, my job got um, moved. So I kind of had a decision to make if I was going to move with it, uh, which was about an hour and a half away. But at the same time, my dad had started this business here and um, his sons had taken over, my brother and uh, the building came vacant as they moved on so the decision was am I going to move with my job or you know kind of start this new endeavor so um, the, the location was good um, the building was right and it just kind of seemed to be at the right time to you know to do this and I think there was a need in this end of the uh, the city in this area so mm-hmm. uh, I approached Christopher and um, things kind of un- unfolded from there because London and the surrounding area kind of has their two bow shops one being on the east end and this one being out in Delaware on the west so like, like you said it's kind of nice that yeah and they really I mean there's room for both of us I mean there's there's lots of growth the more stores and the more archery the more people that get into archery that it, it um, <clears throat> we're not really competition with each other I, I mean I think it should be that we should support each other because the more people right. we bring into archery the better, yeah, better so the more facilities there are the more people that are going to get into archery. There's people that in West London would, would not go to that east end, mm-hmm. vice versa. There's people because they need a place that's close enough that they can, you know, don't have to drive an hour. So we definitely handle a lot of people in the west, and we don't see that many people from the east end from, from the range. Right. Yeah. So. I think this bow shop stands out a lot more than the one in London. I've been there, and I like it. It's just this one's a lot different, right? It's well, bigger. Chris is here now. Chris so. is here now, which is pretty awesome. Now so. we're coming to see Chris. And yeah. I'm not trying to bash <laughs> any other companies no, out there. No, because I know all those guys, and they're yeah. all they're all they're good really guys. Good guys. Um, but and this is so much closer for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, there are some guys that will follow you around and that. But I mean, there's I know those guys. I talk to them all the time. They're not short on business. No. So and it, it's like the technical aspect that you bring to the archery stores kind of amazing to be honest like learning about even the way you're talking about darting cams and um all these different systems that's unbelievable how much you know so i always love coming here to learn from you so but you know i've been in archery for about 35 years <laughs> it goes and i'm experience. still learning that's true you know you never stop yep. i mean a friend of mine he's a master mechanic for honda every two years he has to go and learn all the new stuff all oh, these okay. new bows that are coming out nobody knows them yet yeah, yeah. That makes so sense. the cam systems are different but not that different right. you can figure it out and say hey this is pretty cool that makes so. sense in this day and age i mean most outdoor stores have fishing hunting archery. Yeah. we wanted to stay with what our expertise was yeah. yeah um i don't know a lot about the technical aspects of bows when i first started that's why i needed christopher right yeah. but i know a lot about the hunting and i spent a lot of years hunting so i can bring that aspect of it where he can bring the technical and that's the like bow part of it. Mix, so yes we, we kind of complement each other there so um and um that's our philosophy between the two of us we've got a lot of hunting experience we're older so a lot of guys like that they can you know hey i did this i happened this i made this kind of shot what do you think of this so yeah um it's nice to talk to guys about it give them our experience and i think that definitely helps and we've kind of got the attitude of I mean, we hardly will. We won't sell a bow to someone just walking in. We want yeah. to shoot the bow. We want to fit it to them because we don't want to see them back with an no, unhappy so. customer. So our philosophy has always been no high pressure sales. Just you know, we want to have a nice, relaxed atmosphere. We realize some people drive an hour. So yeah. I mean, we built the store as, hey, it's a nice store. It's got a lot of atmosphere. It's got lots of character. Um, you know, there's lots of, and we're both taxidermists, so we, we can bring a lot of different things that people can ask questions. So. Right definitely helps definitely makes sense you guys are taxidermists looking around the room there's like <laughs> moose everywhere there's deer there's a full turkey which i think is awesome i've never really seen that and it's a banded turkey which who I'm got the full, yeah. who got the turkey uh the, the banded turkey's mine and then uh, george wow. plank a friend of ours he wanted he's got also one shot of banded bird so i've never heard of a turkey. that's awesome <clears throat> yeah in the reintroduction when they brought them they, oh, okay. they put bands on so i guess that kind of answers the n- next question why you guys are the best um an archery only store in canada if people haven't heard the radio infomercial already 
it is advertised as the largest bow only in Canada. Yeah, so I, I mean, cool. I did a little bit. Of, there was nobody else that had the square footage that we have yep. Yep. in Canada. I mean, there might be some bigger sales volumes. Obviously, we're still growing. Yeah. But, I mean, we stuck with the archery only, and now we have five acres outside. And, you know, we got up to 60 yards, up to 100 yards now. So guys can shoot a little longer, try with some longer range, uh, you know, sight in their bows. So uh, nice, nice spot, nice relaxed atmosphere, lots of parking, it just and close to 402. So the location was, you know, key, key, key for us. We and a lot of guys. more parking later on down A lot of guys like to drive here, they'll go through a, a traffic light. I mean, oh, they like it's it, very you know, nice. and same as our hours you know nice and open early in the morning and stay at night so i come from strathroy and it is a nice drive <laughs> yes very quiet yeah. better than my drive from london last week he, oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Took an hour with the traffic enclosure but that never really happens normally it's a 15 minute drive and so, something i was going to say something else that we offer is that you're not going to find it at cabela's a bass pro or a big box store is you don't normally get to try it you no. can't sight your bow in you yeah. don't have somebody standing with you and saying no we got to change this or whatever yeah. so that definitely helps absolutely so we get lots of people that'll come in here that have bought a bow from a friend or maybe somewhere else mm -hmm. but it doesn't fit them right, right. <clears throat> so that makes sense you guys offer the cl classes which i think is really cool for the guys getting into it either traditional or compound you guys will actually coach them that's yeah that's different yeah and i mean it's big been our biggest uh you know benefit i mean we've we we probably do 20 or 30 lessons a week yeah, and that, um awesome. uh and the kids and and actually i would say more than half of the people that shoot archery now are girls girls and women that's good our that's classes good and yeah. yeah so i mean from the hunting They're aspect it's archers. still <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still more male oriented toward the the hunting side yeah. that we're getting more but from from the traditional stuff and just um you know the women and the, and the girls are are, are are big for us that's good so how did you guys both get into archery and or bow hunting I started bow hunting back when I was 18, when there was about a two-week season. Okay. Um, I bought uh, one of the first Excalibur. Well, actually, I bought a Barnett crossbow. Okay. Um, I shot at a deer in the vitals and hit him to the neck. So I decided <laughs> this was not a good weapon. So I went in and actually bought one of the first Excaliburs ever made. I think it was the number six they ever built. Really? And this was kind of the newest thing. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll try it. And shot. I ended up shooting a you know nice big buck with it. And, yeah. Um, that was it. Then my good friend Brad Tweddle, he said, "You got to start shooting a compound," and you know, started shooting a compound, and from there, I never kind of looked back. So. And you do traditional as well, right? I have, I do it. I play around with it, but I haven't. Last year, I was going to try to hunt, but I haven't yeah. started with it. But okay. I really enjoy shooting them, but not quite sure if my skills good enough to right to get Some out there. Some range now. time, maybe. Well, yes. Good, though, to have the moral to know that if you're not. Yeah, like I mean, it's that's right. I I want to make sure I get a and, and I'm quite happy to sh i mean the nice thing about traditional stuff i can kind of start over because we're when i first started compound hunting i was happy with a forky and then i might kind of set my yeah, sights yeah, a little higher yeah or now i can start over again because yeah. now i'm sitting in the tree stand lot watch times watching 140s and 150s and i'm like i'm not big enough and <laughs> yeah sometimes thinking what am i doing yeah, so exactly but um anyway so yeah i mean it's definitely more of a challenge but i you know just pure shooting i hardly ever shoot my compound anymore i'd rather pl plink around with our recurve yeah chris how'd so, you get into it uh, <clears throat> when I moved here from Quebec, I didn't know you were from Quebec. Yeah, interesting. So, in Quebec, uh, they had a two-week rifle season where I lived. Okay. Who needs a bow? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. That's what I thought. Some of my friends were starting to get bows, but I, you know, I was reloading bullets and everything like that. Yeah. And then, when we moved to Ontario, we moved right into Toronto. Mm -hmm. oh, wow, that's Definitely busy. Rifles there. Uh, no, and I was looking. For a rifle season, like I had to go up to like Barry for a three-day season, and then I saw, what's this archery? Three months. Where do I get one of those? Yeah, yeah. a nice and, long season. Yeah, Glad and so it was at the time just to take advantage of longer seasons, and I didn't want to. I didn't go with a crossbow. I thought, well, if I'm going to learn something, I'm going to learn something new. Right. And when I bought my first bow, basically it was. Uh, <clears throat> Here's everything you need, and here's a little booklet, and have fun with that. <laughs> That's awesome. So, but, well, I was having a hell of a time. I oh, mean, yeah. I was going to the archery range in Toronto, and uh, I was there for three or four weeks, and I, I didn't even have the sense to go up close. I was like at 18 meters, and my groups were like, 
groups that say you suck. <laughs> and did they spell that? You suck. Oh no, I couldn't spell anything. And, and actually, a, a guy came up to me and uh, said, "I've seen you here a lot lately, and your bow is way out of whack." And yeah. I said, "Yeah, so fix it." And so he and he did. Nice. He said, "Try this, this, and do it like that." I mean, I became good friends with that guy. He saved me years on the learning curve. I yeah. mean. He he started me going to competitions and that we were we were good friends so That's he awesome. he saved uh, like I say uh, probably years off the learning curve. I believe it. Do you ever miss rifle season now or no? Not good. No. <laughs> Do you yeah, get no, out no, for no. any sort of shotgun or rifle? You know, I, I never really liked shotguns. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked rifles, um, but bows I just just, just totally immersed in them. And then it was first for hunting, and then well. To be good at hunting, you have to be able to hit it, right? Mm-hmm. So I joined a, a club, and it was with with my friend there, and uh, we shot twice a twice a week, okay. and it was target. And well, how hard can it be? You know, it's eighteen yards. You know the distance, and should be able to put that arrow in the yellow spot every time, eh? No, not really. <laughs> so um, after a while, it was a target bow, mm-hmm. and then you need a backup. And then a 3D bow, and the disease just took hold. I need, that. <laughs> I need all those bows. <laughs> Uh, so, what about some most memorable hunts for you guys? Um, with archery, maybe successful hunt, just like I would think. I mean, I shot a lot of big deer, um, but probably when I was with my 12-year-old daughter, <clears throat> she shot a forky, and I mean, I was more nervous sitting with her and shaking when you know this deer was coming in, and she shot it, and I was more excited watching her shoot her first deer. That's awesome. So that's probably my most memorable. I mean, it was just, it was crazy exciting, that's awesome. and then. I shot my first moose a couple of years ago, and I mean, they're so big compared to a whitetail or anything else. Archery I mean, moose as well. Archery moose. Oh, so, I mean, awesome. when it comes out to the, I saved my buddy Rich Martin's life because it was kind of almost step on him, but uh, he, he doesn't tell that. He says I shot his moose, but anyways, but <laughs> just the size of that thing when it comes through the woods, it just, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, you're not used to it. Just no matter how many times you see it, they are so big. You can show a whitetail in his cavity in his chest. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's. You know, for adrenaline rush, that moose off the ground is—it's you know, no, not much can beat that. I don't think so. So, how close were you to that shot on the archery moose? <laughs> I was about—I shot him at 30 yards, That's but I was looking the wrong way. I heard him. We thought we heard him, and I was facing the wrong way. And all of a sudden, I heard a grunt, and I looked, and he was coming right at me. Really? And I was facing the wrong way, and he was walking right at my buddy. He was at full draw, and but he was coming straight at him. Yeah. So I had a perfect shot at him because well, I was a different. Yeah. So he was about 10 yards from this guy. And uh, so all he said, all he heard was this arrow going by his ear. <laughs> and he sees the, the broad, it hit him, and the moose went about 40 yards and piled up. So That's he wicked. said, I, every time he talks, looks at the moose, he says, there's my moose, there's my moose. Oh, nice. so, oh that's that guy. Yes. That's awesome. So, but, yeah, I mean, and, the, you know, the, the, the experience and the adventure of after you get him down and everybody's helping and you spend the whole day getting him out and, you know, you're stuck with a quad and you, how do you get him across the bridges? And I mean, that, that's just fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got your it's moose work. down. and it's work. But I mean, that's the whole day. Now it's you know, it's not like okay, you shot a deer and then ten minutes later you're done. And you got him hanging. Now it's so. I mean, that's that's a lot of fun. What about you, Chris? Yeah, <laughs> almost the same thing. Yeah. It was my first deer that I took with bow. I, I mean, I was starting to think that all those guys in the magazines and stuff like that. I said they have to have shot it with a gun and put an arrow in there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I so many there. embarrassingly easy shots because when a, a deer comes in close, you think, well, I've got him. Yeah. And you don't think to aim or to do, just go through your steps. I mean, I missed some embarrassingly easy shots and I'm glad I missed them all. I never right. wounded one, but the first buck that I took down only had one antler. That's I mean, awesome. and I didn't even know it. He, he would come down and say, it's got an antler, concentrate behind the shoulder. Oh, yeah. And then after I got him, I was like, okay. And then a bigger one came by, but I had to, yeah. and I wasn't even excited about that one. No, but why not? I, I mean, you already felt Because like I already had something under yeah. my belt. Yeah. So waited, none of my, my brother, my friend, we had never tracked a, a deer before, so I waited until their hunt morning would be over, yeah. went and got them. I mean, he only went 30 yards, but we all tracked it, you know, and that's here he is, you know. Yeah. So that that was it. And that's then awesome. the second one would be a, a moose as well. Archery moose as well. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's so, cool. and. Are those Ontario moose, by the way? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And at one point, like I saw this bull coming down the river, I, I, because I was the last one to get out of the canoe. So I dropped everybody off and gave a call. And when I had 
got to my spot, I put up my stand, and I was down. And I also thought, well, I'm going to do fishing too, because I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's right beside the river. Yeah. And um, it was ten o'clock in the morning, beautiful sunny morning, and I looked down the river and thought. What sat in the water in front of Perry? You know, I, I don't remember a snag there. And all of a sudden, the head comes up. I see the water coming off the antlers, and That's I just cool. gave a, a grunt, and he come the whole way, coming right towards me, like a fish on a line. Yeah, scrambled <laughs> up into my into my stand, and he came right. At one point, he was media away. So like two yards, if that. Yeah, he was on the other side of the tree I was in, That's and I couldn't amazing. shoot because he was right right behind there. me. I had to wait until he walked out at a fifteen yard shot to get him. So, but I mean, it, then it was. I was more nervous over the over the whitetail, the moose. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I had played cat and mouse with him, him coming, whatever. The whole time, there was like, you know, I'm yeah. gonna miss him or not. But at, at 15 yards, I'm not gonna miss. And a moose is like James says, it's a lot bigger it's than like a whitetail. Yeah. But and usually, you can shoot a moose twice. Yeah, you were telling me that. I mean, the other yeah, I've I've taken two moose. I shot both of them twice. So you shoot, shoot them, and they stand there. And their their defense mechanism is stand and kick. So I, I shot him. He just stood there and looked around. And, well, kill him quicker and shoot him again. Yeah. And yet he didn't go twenty yards. That's awesome. That's amazing. But we didn't have a quad. We had a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> we so had to right. cut them you into pieces and take them out. So that's even more of a memorable hunt. It, it, of it the, was a memorable the struggle hunt. and everything yeah. to get out. I can only imagine. Yeah, I like putting in the work for it though. It's like you know, it's rewarding. The easy hunts, I feel like I kind of just kind of forget, like, you know, whatever. But the ones that you have to work for at the end are ones I'll never forget. Absolutely. Well, and that was actually the first day of our moose hunt. Yep. It was pretty relaxing <laughs> after that. Yeah, yeah. probably trout fishing <laughs> well, out there. <laughs> there was definitely fishing and stuff afterwards. But awesome. getting them out was, you know, that was two days. So I believe it, yeah. So speaking kind of uh, a moose, I'm always watching new shows and – one I really do enjoy is Canada in the Rough, and we've noticed some gear in here. So what is kind of the relation to that? So I met Paul, Kevin, and Keith way back when they first started the magazine, okay. um, Terry Monster Whitetail. Yeah. So that guy, I met him at the Woodstock show. I brought some antlers, and they measured him and got to know him as good friends. So they, they started coming down. We did a bunch of hunts down here before they had the show. Um, once they end up uh, with Canada in the Rough, then they continue to come down here and hunt. They're still good friends of mine. I probably talk to Paul three, four, five times a week, almost every morning. We talk, see what's going on, see what's happening, Kevin. So they did, oh, probably five or six hunts. They had my daughter up on a bear hunt with them in Perry Sound. They nice. did about four turkey hunts here and about five or six deer hunts. And, <clears throat> and they're great because they, they were always happy just shooting mature deer. So I, there's lots of deer that I wanted culled because you know, they're old and they were, they'd say, oh, well, hop, they were happy to get them in camera. So yeah. Um, it worked out great. So yeah, we've we've become very good friends over the years. And yeah, that's, um, that's cool. ethically, I like how they what they stand for, and I like their show. So um, yeah, it was just a you know a good relationship and you know good knowledge base. They they've hunted a lot, so I still talk to them about different things. We argue about things, certain things. Yeah. Um, but um, gained a lot of uh, knowledge and experience just you know talking and getting their you know opinions and things they, they've hunted a lot of different species so yeah that's awesome that's kind of so, cool that you have that type of relationship with yeah them. and i mean even for the moose hunt i mean they go on three or four moose hunts a year so i'll talk about oh and they'll say yeah we should do this or we should have that and i'll say yeah i did this and oh we should maybe try that so like like uh like chris says you're always learning it doesn't matter if it's fixing a bow or hunting or yeah. i mean i've been bow hunting for 35 years and i'll still look back and say man that was ever stupid like i mean you know, even now, I still make a mistake that I think I should make that mistake. But then right. I'm thinking that was a bad setup. Or I shouldn't well, have did that. That's or how I felt a couple of weeks ago with the release. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like I, that's the first time that's ever happened. And I yeah, that was great. By the way, I loved watching. <laughs> yeah, that. I fired my release. But I don't. I don't think you're ever going to stop learning, and I don't think you're ever going to stop making mistakes. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. it's you know, and it, I mean, hopefully you don't make as many. And I think every time you can talk to somebody who comes in the shop and everything else, I mean, that's one thing we can kind of you know they, they you learn from that. I think, oh yeah, yeah. I remember when he mm -hmm. said don't do that or do this or. Yeah but hey some people are like man no i'm gonna try and i think no matter how much you read or talk to somebody you got to learn yourself i mean you're gonna think oh i can i can move or i can do this right even the guy tells me don't move or don't do this and well he was right you can't move this or you can't do that or you got to watch your center yeah. so <clears throat> well that's like you and me i i don't eat in the stand i don't drink coffee in the stand i don't do nothing right I do. and marcello mm -hmm. I, yeah, I bring him out to one of the properties i hunt at and he's got like a smorgasbord <laughs> of food he's got coffee i'm like you've got to be kidding me what the heck are you doing 
So yeah. then I started bringing coffee, and I shot an eight point this year, drinking a cup of coffee. I had to Was put the coffee Tim's? down. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> No, no Tim's for me, but it was well, just I heard it was if you funny. dip your broadhead in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it works better. And, and you know, you'll, you'll hear the stories of guys who do everything totally wrong and shoot giants, and then you'll hear the next guy who's – but the people that are really are more conscientious of their scent and everything else, yeah, they, they tend to be better hunters and get more. But, I mean – Everybody gets sloppy at the end. I mean, you start off doing this and that, and after you jump in your truck or your camo on and everything else, and you know it's. But I think everybody gets a little complacent. Yeah, as even in the season goes on, it's <laughs> cold to get changed at the side of the road and That's throw your right. stuff in a tote. So I mean, but it's you're definitely the, the more you pay attention to smaller details, you know, you're, you're generally gonna have more success. So it's uh, <laughs> that we kind of talked about the gear from Canon the Rough and how that came about. Um, why don't we talk a little bit some of the low-end bows that you guys carry and some of the higher-end bows that you guys carry. So I think every company makes a low-end bow yeah. and everyone makes a high-end bow. So right. we, we tend to carry a fair bit of um, PSEs and Bowtech, the diamond brands. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, not... Right selection. They have a good selection, and we found that we're not getting a lot of repairs or returns. I mean, for us, we want to sell a bow. We want the, the customer to be happy. Not to come back with little minor things because it's a pain in the butt for us, a pain in the butt for him. Yeah. So we kind of stick. I mean, Christopher has that knowledge where he said, hey, I've dealt with this or I've dealt with these bows and it could be this model or that model and they had lots of trouble with them. So we've kind of stayed away from them. Now, most companies fix their little glitches and, you know, you kind of get what you pay for. So obviously you're not going to get the quality you are in a, in a $1,500 or $2,000 bow that you are in a $400 bow. Right. right. But um, there's no question someone just starting out for four or five hundred dollars can get a really nice bow uh and they can uh, work their way up like absolutely you, like nice i mean mid-range there's high end it's great and they you know they had the rack package they're ready to shoot so yeah. i mean we've been real happy with the, with the psc's and the diamonds and um yeah so it's there there's there's good and every company makes and and that's what we tend to do if somebody comes in to try a bow we'll say don't don't listen to us like we're not going to try to sell you a hoyt or a bowtech or a or a um an elite yeah try them because each bow will speak to you. You know, it might be the grip, it might be the draw cycle, it might be something different, but they all make good bows, and, and you know, to us it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And, but we want the person to be happy, so we'll let them say, here, try this one, try this one, try that one. And most guys will say, yeah, I like how this one feels, or I like, you know, how this one feels. So, yeah. So what you don't want to get caught up into is what bow and gear your hero shoots. And yeah. I think that's a okay. lot of this. Oh, yeah, industry. you see guys, oh, I want this one because this is what this guy shoots and this guy shoots. And then I, I, I know somebody went and bought everything that this guy shoots. And a week later, his pro, right <laughs> <laughs> his, his pro had gone and switched companies. I said, so what are you going to do? You sell all your stuff? He said, shut up. <laughs> so, I relate it to, to golf. I mean, because I'm a golfer. I, yeah. I'll say, hey, Tiger Woods, Jack Nichols, you give me any equipment. They are great. Yeah. So and you can give a guy who's a good shot. I mean, he's going to shoot. He's going to shoot well. And a guy who has target panic or he has bad form, it doesn't matter what he has, but he's looking for. And we find that in broadheads all the time. A guy would come in and say, this broadhead's crap because I lost my deer. The next yeah. guy would say, this is most awesome. Well, he made a poor shot, and he wants mm -hmm. to blame the broadhead. So yeah. they, they always are looking for something that to, to, to mimic their their. To They're, eliminate any kind of mistake. That's right. That so they want to. It's always the equipment. It's yeah. never the player. Like yeah. every broadhead we sell will definitely kill the deer and definitely kill it properly and inhumanely. But if you don't make a good shot, it's not going to. But they people want something that's going to make up for their poor judgment or poor shot. So they want something that's, okay, give me something in case I make make a bad shot. Yeah. Well, if you're going in the stand with that thing in your mind, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. What so guys don't realize that. is that there was probably more game on this earth taken with stone broadheads. Oh, yeah. Than all this stuff because they've only been around for about fifty thousand years. So um, yeah, that's how it all began. Sure, I mean I would, uh, we wouldn't be here without bows and arrows. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. I think archery takes you back kind of to your you know ancestry and oh yeah, sure. And I, and, and to even I mean I part of the reason I started in archery is because if when you went and knock on people's door, they're looked at you like you crazy. Yeah, go ahead. I mean we went to places at one time. The guy said, "No, go take your rifle." And so there's no receipt. Ah, it doesn't matter. Everybody around your hunts with rifle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they 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 looked at you like you couldn't kill a you know, an animal with it with archery equipment. So, yeah. um, but you definitely got more access because people thought, "Hey, this is something that's fair. The animal's got a chance. It's not 15 guys in red surrounding the woods." Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think 
for a lot of times, you know, after you, you hunt in a few places, guys would say, oh, this guy's really not all about killing stuff. He just wants to be in, out here enjoying. So, mm-hmm. you know, it gave you better access. So I think a lot of landowners really appreciate the fact that there's not a shotgun going off at 7 a.m. Yeah, You know, they absolutely. can enjoy their cup of coffee on the front porch. I hunted one property for 20 years, never killed a deer there. And the guy kept thinking I was the worst hunter in the world. <laughs> like, but I was after a big one. And I kept yeah. saying, and he, you know, eventually... He, when he first let me in there i said you know i said i can kill a doe behind my house i said i'm looking for something and we became great friends and uh yeah i actually never ever shot a deer in that property i saw some beauties i almost you know got a chance at one but and and he realized hey this guy's not all about this it's just kind yeah, of he's and i just said him kill. i just really enjoy your property it's a great place it's cool and and it worked out great right on so while we're on the topic of bows uh why don't we brief on the new raven crossbows you guys are carrying yeah so was a little leery last year when they first came out just because of the new technology um and the price point they're expensive yes um so looked at the ata show saw them shot them there you know kind of seeing how the industry was kind of going that way um we carry a lot of excaliburs excalibur has a recurved limb but you can only get so much speed out of a recurved limb without getting hard to pull back (laughs) so um very good product um so we brought a couple in sold two almost immediately um we're actually having a uh, demo day tomorrow uh which i don't know if this podcast will be going on then but yeah we're gonna try and get this up so that everyone yeah and what time is that at uh four to eight so i mean they 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 make they they do proclaim they shoot a three inch group at 100 Mm -hmm. and they can shoot a four inch group at 200 now guys say what do you need that for what well a lot of guys are just shooting them for entertainment um but i mean for some species like a moose i mean you can kill a moose at 80 yards i mean a moose is not going to react like a deer they're not going to jump the string they're not going to i mean obviously you still got to know the range but um and with any game you don't always get that close encounter like you know you absolutely. might only get 80 yards for and unfortunately i mean it, it all comes down to ethics yeah so there'd be some guys who are going to shoot at, a, at an animal with with the equipment they have now at 75 radio 100 yards because that's what they do and i mean even they though they, they should swing an arrow that's yeah. right so i mean if you're going to do that i'd rather have somebody with equipment that's going to capable of doing it than equipment that's not but i mean i mean it's we get lots of people that will come in and say well i shot a deer this far this far and well we're not really that impressed because hey how many did you wound or how many did you miss Absolutely. i mean if someone says how far can you kill that animal with well, i'll say 100 yards but you really shouldn't shoot at more than 20 and they'll kind of look at you well because too many things can happen yeah. you know the animal moves you don't guess the yardage right i mean there's you talk to any guy and there's not too many of them that won't admit that like chris said that i missed deer at 20 years I, you know it, it happens oh, I've missed them you know or made a, a poor shot closer. i mean <laughs> so i mean if, you, if things can go there. wrong at 20 and or 10 everything. there's going to be a lot more going wrong at you know yeah. just because you can punch a target at 40 or 50 yards consistently that's a lot different than a live absolutely. animal absolutely so. this also comes down to to i think where landowners will let bow hunters in as well because a lot of, and, and I had this attitude too when I, I used to shoot a rifle and reload. Yep. My attitude, I'd go out there and if I could see it, I can kill it. You know, because <laughs> yeah. I can reach out there as, you know, oh, yeah. practice your, you know, decent shot. That's not the same with a bow and arrow. Yeah. I mean, you could have something that's five yards away and you can't touch it because there's grass and twigs in the way. Yeah. You have to, so you have to be a better hunter. Yeah, so you absolutely. see these guys in magazines with these ginormous monster bucks or, or sheep and stuff like that. And, they might be crappy hunters, but a hell of a shot. Yeah. yeah. But with a bow and arrow, you got to be a good hunter. Very I mean, different. you have to watch the wind. You're, it's definitely a more. It, it's a measure of somebody's ability to hunt more than a gun. I think that's a good way to say it. Yeah. I, think I respect. Not that I don't respect rifle kills, but I think I respect a guy who's going to go out and drop maybe a smaller deer with a bow than. Or a big one hunt. with a bow. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. the greatest praise I can ever give a bow hunter. That's, yeah. that's so back cool. to the, I mean, the ravens. I mean, I, so the price point's high, but I think you know, in this day and age, somebody will spend two or three thousand or four thousand on a high-powered rifle or a good shotgun. Mm-hmm. I think they're looking at that as an investment, saying, "Hey, this is a, a really nice piece of equipment. It's going to last me a long time. You know, it, it's worth the cost because now I hunt in three months. You yeah. know, instead of yeah. hunting a week or, or a couple of days. So." And all um, new technology. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something that... Um, I bet that sort of crowd is getting bigger, too. Like you said, you know, there's a lot of people buying those higher price point rifles. So, for the guys that want to spend that kind of money sure. and they want to hunt more, that's... The now, I don't know where the future is going to go. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming eventually that they're going to look at that and say, okay, you know, 
we're going to put a limitation on how many feet per second a crossbow can go because you know right. this is starting to get into where this is this still and you're still getting those arguments all the time between the traditional guys the compound guys and the crossbow guys like is it still primitive but weapons yeah when yeah, you're still in the stat, when you still got something now that's going to start reaching out at 100 yards accurately okay should this be with the bows or where do we draw the line so that i mean those those arguments have been going on forever with their traditional guys versus the compounds when the compounds start shooting 200 feet a second they're like oh holy cow these things are crazy well, i can tell you where we can draw the line too is the air bow what the hell is that? It's a gun that shoots. It's a gun that shoots an arrow. It's called an air bow. There's yeah. nothing bow about it except it's yeah. it's a harpoon gun. <laughs> harpoon gun. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Essentially, yeah. Jim Shockey loves it. I just think it's the most ridiculous thing introduced in a while. So while we're on the topic of um, just some of the bows and products you guys have in here, Marcello and I came. Uh, we want to talk about a few other things that you guys carry, and uh, one that we're real interested in is the uh, camel you guys carry. We just picked up the new True Timber Strata gear, and you guys also carry that. But, yes. Uh, what else do you guys carry? So we try to kind of keep carry lines that aren't really available in Canadian Tire or some of the yeah. big box stores because obviously, you know, it's the price point. We, it's hard to keep compete with those guys. So we did uh, run into True Timber down the ATA show. I, I met him at the uh, show. I was really impressed with the quality of their material, the camel patterns, price point. Um, you know, you can offer it at a really nice price and good quality. So um, we've been really happy with that brand. Um, carry some of the scent lock gear um, basically anything we kind of see that I mean as a hunter it's nice because I can say hey I don't like this because of this or that or you know I, I look at stuff and I, I'm seeing the noise factor or the yeah. comfort factor or the stretch factor so I mean I I kind of bring in stuff that I would wear yeah. um, but that same um, sometimes like we do carry Under Armour as well so um, you know we do get a lot of few guys that you know are interested in the Under Armour uh, mm -hmm. camo and, and their gear as well so but yeah, we, I mean, it's, it's, we like to try to have stuff so somebody can have it. I mean, it's not our, our bread and butter, yeah. but it's nice to be able to, if a guy needs a coat or a jacket or some camel, you know, we have some of that. So. Well, at first glance, walking into the shop, you got, it's like a one-stop shop. You got just about everything, you know, you can go get out in the tree stand in yeah. two hours if you want to get everything here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, we, and that's why we, and we do carry a little bit of ammunition for turkey hunting and right. we have a huge selection of turkey stuff, but I mean, we try to have a little bit so like you said if somebody says hey i, I gotta got come in i need a hat i need gloves i need this we have it all but i mean yeah. obviously you, you can only carry so much inventory clothing clothing's a tough sell because there's so many you know, guys got short legs and three foot arms or you know i mean there's thousands yeah. of different sizes so it's hard to have all the sizes but we try to kind of cater to you know the general guys so okay and uh how about decoys for uh especially turkey i want to talk about because that's up and coming yep um, you guys got the new Avian X. So we carry all the Avian shelf. Xs. They, I think there's three different hens, uh, a half strut, a full strut, and, and the, uh, the strutter. Um, we also carry the, uh, the Flexstone and the Primos. So we have a really good selection of turkey decoys. So it's funky chicken. Funky chicken. I love that. Uh, chicken. We, <laughs> sold, we sold out of the funky chickens last year. We brought a bunch more in. So Those they're, they're pretty cool. Are nice, they are. Yeah. I do have one of the funky chicken and one of the, uh, the strut and Jake for the Avian X. Yep. And love it it's done me some great success. and you know guys will say to me well which one to use and i'm like well some days i put out three some days yeah. i don't put out any i exactly. mean and, and if i'm if i've been hunting an area where um i've been taking guys with me or the birds can get decoy shy and there's some days you'll talk to the guys in the morning and no birds are coming into decoys and then the next time the birds are coming to decoys great so i mean it can just be kind of one of those days or one of those times where the birds you know they're hand up or they don't or they won't work decoys yeah. and the next time there's guys who passionately love sh shooting birds over decoys. There's other guys who hate shooting over decoys. They'd rather be running, gunning in the woods, not get tied down to the decoys. So yeah. um, I have four or five, and sometimes you know, I'll put them all out, especially when I'm bow hunting, because obviously you got to bring them a little closer. So yeah. then I, I love having the decoys out there. Okay. And uh, how about sites? Like, uh, you know, there's a good option of bow sites that you guys carry, um, but what are some of your kind of favorites or ones that you like to see or maybe help clients gear towards i think christopher's favorite line is a site doesn't make you a better hunter so we always push people toward a better rest drop away rest or different rests nice. um but you know um they just came out with the new garmin iq site <clears throat> uh, we did order them they, they were supposed to have arrived about uh, a month ago but they've been back ordered. but we do have so we're going to have one set up on a bow that's so the range finding one they're the range finding ones um there's two models so i think they're one's around 1200 the other one's about 999 or really expensive but there is you know uh some guys are really interested in that and i guess if you look at a high-end site like a cbe or a black gold you're looking four or five hundred 
plus a good rangefinder. Now guys are saying, hey, I just need, you know, yeah. same same cost, but this thing's gonna automatically range it for me and put the pin on and in a way I go. So I can see the people's mentality behind it. I don't think it's gonna be for me. I don't think I want to trust an electronic rangefinder. Like, yeah. Say to myself. And you know, you get that old traditionalist person saying, you know what, there's getting we way too much gadgetry. But you're gonna be you're catering to guys who are sixty, and you're catering to guys who are eighteen. The young guys, yeah, they want hey, the they like the whole idea of being on their iPhone and taking pictures and having it on their phone. I mean, it's that's technology. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't even know how I could live without my cell phone on the tree stand anymore. I get so bored. But in the old days, there's no such thing. Yes. But now I'm out there texting, and I don't know how many times I've been texting and look down, and think, oh my gosh, here's a deer. I understand? I never saw him come in. I'm thinking, yeah. this is gonna cost me a shot one of these days. But you know, we're we're texting back and forth. We're we used to get home at night and spend two hours on the phone. What'd you see? You know, then I talked to the next buddy. Oh, what'd you see? What'd you do? What did my wife would go crazy? You know, the same old story. But now, now you automatically, that. you know, you're taking, yeah. I'm taking pictures of the deer and the stand right in front of me. and saying, <laughs> and, and they're shooting him, shoot him. I'm like, ah, oh, he's too small or this or that. So, you know, it, it's fun. It, it gets people more engaged, I think. Yeah. So I like the technology in one aspect and then I don't in the other. I could see guys spending more money on a target site though, because that's something that's usually movable and more precision whereas for hunting you're not usually making as long shots in hunting right right just four five pins bolt down keep it simple I'm, i don't need to adjust it yeah. i set it forget mm-hmm. it that makes sense whereas for target you're changing arrows you're changing distances you're doing this i want a really good target site i i, I mean i want a good site for for hunting too but you don't yeah. need all the bells and whistles for a hunting yeah. site I'll be interested to see how many people are real interested in this new product for these new bow sites. I think they're going to, I think a lot of other companies are going to look at it and see where it goes. And I mean, it's like anything. I mean, when your first flat screen TV came out, I remember seeing them at the Western Fair. It was 20 grand. And we were like, who's ever going to pay? You know, and it was hung at your wall. It was this thick. It was crazy. It was 60 inches and no no one ever heard such a thing. Well, now you can go into Costco and buy them for 499, a 50 inch, you know, like, so. I see that same thing happening with the uh, with those sites. If they do catch on, there'll be a bunch of other companies that'll jump on board, and you know the price will come down. You might see too, though, that some states and some provinces might kind of say no electronics. They yeah. might not want the rangefinder built in in that. And yeah. for myself, I would I wouldn't want to stick my bow out in front to try and range something. I'd rather just put my hand in my pocket and take it out. I, I can see guys out west maybe longer yeah, shots, for sure. and then right. there's something out there, and you've got everything in one motion type thing but around here i don't i don't know yeah especially the tree stand kind of dinking around at 20 yards and i can see yeah yeah but i mean then the next guy may say hey i just ranged that deer at 20 and all of a sudden i get the draw on him and he, he chased the doe and now he's there and now i gotta take my range finder out again whereas put my sight up and boom i got him so yeah you know you got the, the pros and cons i guess it's definitely a step in technology <laughs> it's cool to see that's for sure yeah it's just different to see in this kind of industry with you know you got a lot of fixed pins and you got your target sights and now you got ones with built-in rangefinders. Yeah, and the Garmin ones, there's no pin at all. It's just a LED. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. completely different. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, at the same time too, you get guys that are just saying to hell with all this <laughs> crap and they're going with recurve bows. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, stick and, stick and string. Yeah, and it'll go into this big cycle, right? Yeah. I mean, you guys will say I've had enough of this, and away they go. Yeah. If you think about it, guys. two things that always attract people and right from the beginning of time What's fires that? and bows and arrows <laughs> <laughs> flame and arrow that's what we got to have now yeah well we had a customer tried that actually yeah. yes he tried oh, and he amazing. melted his sight he oh. put his his arrow in gas and lit it to, to light something and he drew oh, it back amazing. and right under his sight melted <laughs> his hands <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> at least yeah. it's been done i'm happy yeah. that someone else has tried that yeah not myself uh, so Chris, we were both interested to ask you this. Um, what's the hardest thing to work on, on a bow? The customer. <laughs> <laughs> That's reasonable. Really? That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Because so many people will blame the bow and stuff. They can't see themselves shoot and they don't want to say that they've got flaws. Yeah. Right. But I mean, a bow is a, a mechanical thing. Well, and that all goes back to it's, you know, it's not the person, it's the equipment, right? That's not the right yeah, mindset. I, I, I usually, if something goes wrong, I think, what did I do wrong? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, uh, I'll, I'll point at me first, but sometimes something will come loose on your bow. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that's, again, that's my fault yeah. because I didn't check it. So it's a piece of equipment. You got to look after it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the same thing for yourself. I mean, so many people say, well, no, it's not me. It's not me. Like, like trying yeah, to, it's you. <laughs> it's like when, if your truck dies, you're not going to sit there and be like, you know, kind of the same relationship as the bow. It's mechanical. Yeah. 
yeah, I think I we find one of the most interesting things is guys will come in and say, I'm a 31-inch draw length. Oh, yeah. And almost if you tell them they're shorter, it's almost <laughs> like they're embarrassed that they're, you know, like it, it, the longer their draw length thing is, it's almost like there's a measure of their manhood. <laughs> oh, I've got a long draw length. And I'm like, no, you're five foot two. You only have a 23. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, shoot at that at pitch uh, But I mean, it, it, we have so many people that come in and say, oh, no, and, and they'll pull their, they'll pull your bow back and they got it way back behind their ear and yeah, they can't back. shoot. And, so, you know, right? I say to guys all the time, I mean, they'll come in here and they're my size and they've got a 30 inch draw length. And it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that long ago, bow companies only made draw lengths that went to 30 inches. And it's not because they're prejudiced against tall people. No. It's because there weren't that many people with a 30 inch draw length. Yeah. So a guy comes in and he says, you know, I've got a 30 inch draw length. It's just like, it's just, oh, here we go again. You know, like, no. <laughs> Another day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I like that answer. Uh, so do you have a least favorite bow to work on? Hmm. Not that it's like something wrong with it, but maybe you particularly just don't like Something it. that's finicky or... And so, yes, and it's it also intrigued me at the same thing. It's just because I don't get very much experience working on them. I'm always calling Oneida. How did I do this again? One of those Oneida bows? They're pretty cool. It's a lever action bow. All your cams and, and uh, or your cables run through the riser. Nice. There's no, okay, and see. so, but because we don't work on very many of them, you don't see too many of them here. I'm always calling those guys and they're really helpful on the phone. <laughs> but really it's, if, if guys don't look after their equipment or it's dirty, I mean, I've had guys come in here and their bow's been hanging in their barn. It's covered in pigeon shit and cobwebs in here. Like you can't clean it off before you bring it. I'm going to charge the guy for cleaning it. Absolutely. So, <laughs> But I, I'll make sure to clean mine every time I come in. Before I <laughs> yeah, yeah, for no sure. No <laughs> um, So what do you think one of the, this could be for both of you, one of the biggest hurdles um, for someone new in archery is to overcome? Hmm. I, think they, I don't of... think, I mean, if they're going to start off hunting, start start with your lows. Like, don't put your standards too high. I mean, be happy to shoot a doe or a fawn or something like that. Like, don't judge what somebody else has shot. I mean, a lot of guys will say, well, how'd you shoot such big deer? Well, first of all, I passed up a lot of small ones. Yeah. But I had, I was lucky enough to have an area where there were big deer. I mean, if the biggest deer in your area and you shoot it, and that's a trophy to you. I mean, it might not be technically the high score, right. but I mean, you can only shoot the biggest deer that you have. So, I mean, if it's a mature buck and it, that's great, that's a trophy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, some people live in areas that have bigger deer and better genetics, so they end up shooting, you know, bigger rag deer. So, I think for most people, don't get too caught up in you know the size of the animal and everything else just go for a nice clean shot and start because i think you can get pretty turned off if you make a bad shot or in a bad hit and it doesn't mm -hmm. go for you and everything else so and um, we talked about that our last podcast actually was the uh, amount of arguing and bashing between the whole hunting community on any sort of social media people chirping someone for shooting us a little spike buck or a doe right. or letting them grow yeah, and you know what? A trophy could be a doe or a fawn to anybody. Absolutely, and I mean, my first deer I shot was a forky, and then you know I kind of try to progress. But I mean, I was after there was a nice buck back by my place, and the neighbor kid shot it a couple of years ago, and this deer had huge potential. Right. But I mean, I'm not gonna go to him and say why well, shoot that deer because I was, <laughs> you know, he was excited. So great for yeah. him. I mean, he's got to exactly. go through his own progression, and and so guys who are managing deer and are, I mean, it's never always gonna work out for you. Some of the deer that you're gonna say, oh, this one's gonna hey, they're going to get shot, but the guy who shot it, as long as he's happy with it, then you should be happy for him because, I mean, it's a, it's a trophy for him. So mm -hmm. it's just it's just part of everybody goes through that through that stage. Some guys only have two days or four days to hunt, so they, they can't sit there. You can't be mad at them for passing up a deer and that, because you want it yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, some guys can hunt every day, so they've got the luxury that they can wait for something big. So, I mean, everybody has different standards and, you know, different hunting opportunities. So it's, you know, like you said, you can't really judge, you know. No, well, you, you can get an area, too, where everybody allows hunters. You're never yeah. going to get a big deer in an area like that. Nope. Because there is no deer. sacred ground. There's no place for them to go. And the other thing, this bugs me all the time. If somebody comes in and is, well, I just shot a scumbag spike horn. They make fun of their own deer. Well, they, well, they do that, but... I said, so why'd you shoot it then? Well, if I didn't shoot it, somebody else would. Well, but they would have been happy with it. Yeah. So you, you shoot it and you don't think anything of it. Whereas 
somebody else might have been thrilled with that. Just like what James is saying, you got to appreciate it. If 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 you're not happy, let it go. Mm-hmm. You, you just have to have this ego thing that I killed a buck every single year. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, you know, like right now, I'm in a stage where, hey, if it's something I don't want for the wall, or it's not something that, you know, for whatever reason, I, I'll shoot a door pond, and if I, if I go two or three years out shooting a buck. It isn't that big thing that I have to shoot a buck. Like, no big deal. Mm-hmm. I'd rather, and if somebody else gets it, good. I mean, it's just kind of the, you know, chance to take. So if you don't shoot um, a big buck or a little buck one year, do you, will you go after a doe for oh, absolutely. your freezer? I, I yeah. mo- most of the time I try to shoot a, um, a doe fawn. Okay. Um, Delicious. Just because I like the taste of them better. Yeah. And, um, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, if it's, if I, if there's a couple of deer I'm after um, on my target list, kind of mature bucks, or if I don't get them, I got no problem shooting, uh, you know, Nice. biggest issue is when you shoot them because yeah. i've gone lots of times saying okay i'll wait the last three days and then they don't get and you end up with yeah. nothing but yeah. then there's lots of times you're still on that deer so um you know it's just kind of a chance you take in the old days we had additional dose seals it was easy you know you shot your you shot one easy early for the freezer and then you could you know kind of hold out so okay. yeah but uh, yeah i mean there's you just got to be prepared to eat a tag and oh well that's the way it goes and with uh doing a lot of lessons in the range chris what do you think some of the biggest hurdles are to overcome whether it be you know the traditional or compound archery uh getting the string up on their face yeah okay. well for for people to just trust it it's not going to hurt them i mean they, they they've got an arm guard on because if the string hits their arm it hurts mm-hmm. so like hell i'm going to put that thing in my face <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> but i say to them i say you don't see pictures of archers with face shields yeah i mean if you overdraw, if you're anchoring behind your ear, you're in trouble. But if you're just coming to the corner of your lip, the string is leaving your face. It's not going to touch your face. Right. Uh, so we enjoyed a nice meal tonight. That was uh, moose steak. That was from Marcello's Bowl this year. Um, do you guys have favorite games that you guys like to cook? Moose is right up there. Is it? Yeah. How about for you? Yeah, I mean, I like all wild game. My kids were raised on ducks, and um, you know, I I enjoy a real nice pearl. I like I like the variety of it. Um, I had uh, I've never shot a caribou, but I had caribou meat, and it was it was excellent. So, I mean, <clears throat> I've had bad venison, I've had bad duck, I've had bad, but I mean, I love rabbits, I love squirrels, I like the variety of you know. But I've always thought if someone says, okay, what's your last meal going to be? I'm thinking, oh, geez, what would it be? You know, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it was going to be perch fillets, but I mean, so it's... Can but, it just be like a wild game buffet? Yeah, I mean, that, you know, moose meats up. I think stuff you don't get that often, like moose, yeah. you know, and it, it's something special, but... Definitely you know, a delicacy. Yeah. So, but moose is for, for sure up there for me. Good. Well, we're all on the same page for that. Um, what about your guys' favorite archery style? Now, you talked a little bit on yours... Do you have a preferred style, Chris? Hmm. I got a lot of different bows, and I and I mean, I'll go through cycles. But um, I was loving compounds and and three D shooting. Got into the target. I'm liking the target. I love recurve bows now. Yeah. So, um, and although I'm not a very good recurve shooter, but I just love the look of them and just it's the challenge of getting better mm-hmm. so I, I say to people all the time that when i'm practice and i'm shooting at something with my compound i expect to hit it right when i'm shooting at something with my recurve i hope to hit it <laughs> and so i want to change that to where i can be consistently inside say a four inch circle at 20 yards with my recurve and then that would make me probably want to do it at 25 yards keep pushing yeah so what is your favorite bow Oh man, that's a blatantly hard question. Yeah, well, I, I want to know. I've now. got some. I kind of want to know how many bows he does have. <laughs> I've got at least fourteen bows, oh. and I've got some beautiful custom blacktails that are just gorgeous. And yeah, I, I'd I'd have to say just pure beauty. It's my blacktails, but I don't shoot them the mm-hmm. most. Um, I I really like that win and win black wolf as well. It's just a fun bow to shoot. Okay. So what about you, James? I only have one bow right now. <laughs> but, no, you've got uh, a I, store full I, of bows. I, 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 I changed them around. So um, I have one compound. And I mean, I play around with a recurve. So, um, but I mean, I have some of my old compounds still kicking around. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I hunt hard with them. So 
But um, you know, I just got thinking when you're talking about that, that. I think one of the biggest mistakes I make and a lot of people make is you practice before season. You practice. You practice. You're awesome. You get up in the tree stand and you start hunting all the time. You grab your bows and your truck. You're back and forth. You may never draw your bow the whole season. Maybe once or twice. But guys don't practice enough during the season. They don't stay sharp enough. That's true. Three yeah. months later, that's, it happens. That's right. Because I mean, I, there's been years. You know, unless I'm a lot of time bringing a judo point out and shoot at a corn stalking way or something like that. But yeah. a lot of guys won't pull their bow back more than once or twice during the whole season. I mean, if you're after, you know, so it's it's hard to be not get target panic and everything else so yeah. i think it's and like archery is such a feeling sport that if you aren't shooting very often you lose the feeling yeah. and we've had a customer come in here and say something wrong with my bow just missed the biggest buck ever and oh yeah really well, let's, let's for sure <laughs> let's let's go in the range and let's check it out you know and the, and the guy pulls back and hits a bullseye he's like well i, I missed the buck and it was an easy shot where were you looking through your peep sight I think so. I think Did so. you have the right pin on her? I think so. So that means you don't know. Yeah, you have no idea. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people too, maybe you guys would know more, but a lot of people try to go over their weight on their poundage. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I want to shoot 80 pounds. Like, that's what they say. And kind of, that's like the long draw length thing. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. What I was and we, that, and so. you know, and I don't know what the actual numbers are, but I mean, probably 20 years ago, uh, a 70 pound bow right now you could shoot a 50 pound bow that would give you as much arrow velocity and penetration so we we, we generally almost always talk people down yeah. rather than up so we just say hey you better be able to hold longer yeah. on draw than try to pull too much weight because with the broadheads these days and the arrows you're going to make a good and shot it's going to you're going to make a clean kill anyways you don't need the the weight we i mean angus shot that moose 55 pounds or didn't he yeah, well, that that always, that's a good story. So I always you look know, at that and say, the, the guys, guys say, jacked, really? you know, and they, they think he shot like 80, 70 pounds, right? And yeah. He says, 50 pounds. Yeah. And they say, 50 shot, pounds. Yeah. He said, I can pull 50 in my sleep. You know, oh, like yeah. that's, yeah. So, yeah, uh, people tend to get overboard, but. Um, so for, we're in the 2018 now. I know you guys did quite a few events last year here at Antler River. Do you guys have anything planned for 2018? We had a recurve shoot, which we had a, a lot of fun with. We had a lot of the kids and, uh, you know, basically anybody who had bought a bow here, you know, they wanted to try. So we kind of kind of introduced them to what Terman Archery is like and kind of kept it low-key and fun. So we did that. Uh, I think we're going to try to do a uh, – uh, we'd like to do a bow fishing tournament. You know, basically you can launch here and go for the day and yeah. stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, it's a fairly new sport, but we'd like to try to get, you know, more people involved with that. So uh, yeah. I would totally do that. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, you know, kind of – we're just kind of looking at something like that but we are uh, we're, we're so busy doing different things but we're going to look into maybe doing a hunting course in the fall for beginners where i'm going to maybe do it on a sunday for a couple hours you know just go over some basic things and then see where, where that may go so got lots of ideas of just you know time and everything else but um, um yeah so we'll and our outdoor range tournament too yeah maybe we're going to continue with our recurve tournaments because that was a huge success so good good to hear and everyone that will be listening can hopefully come and join in on those uh so one thing we do like to do with our well, podcast one quick one um is listener questions so a lot of listeners like to chime in and ask a question or two so we had asked uh, if anyone wants to ask you guys something directly um did you have someone that yeah so there's i forget his name because my phone just died i have it written down but basically he was asking does what do you think about a single pin in a tree stand versus a multi-pin um i'm always kind of I think single pins are okay. If, like if it's a movable one where you adjust, I always try to really steer them away from a single pin. <clears throat> Same thing. Here comes a deer you want, and your pin set at. I mean, they had the pendulum ones, which were they could be kind of finicky. But I mean, you don't see too many. You of them just don't know what's going to happen in that moment. I mean, if the deer is going to all of a sudden you have them at 10 yards or your pin set for 20 and it chases a doe and now it's at 40 yards, you know. But maybe that's pat. I guess if you're going to limit your your shot to 20 yards, then there's nothing wrong yep, with it. Right. But does the person got enough that there's the buck of his lifetime now stand at 32 yards? Does he going to say, well, I'm just going to hold high over his back? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't ever remember pulling back and saying, oops, I used the wrong pin. I mean, it's so ingrained in your mind that Especially when the top's 10, next one's 20, next one's 30, whatever you set him at, that, yeah. you know, it, it is an issue. So, yeah. Um, and, I mean, I like having my fourth and fifth pin for if i shoot a coyote at 50 yards i mean you know i like you know having that and plus um some of the best guys i know that the guys who practice at 50 and 60 are deadly at 20 oh yeah so i mean because it's absolutely it it, it, it it magnifies your error so if you can really zone in at 60 
a 20 yard shot just feels like nothing but if only you ever shoot at 20 then a 30 yard shot you know it seems like a long way so mm -hmm. um I, I that's why i like having a bunch of pins so you can go back and practice at that 50 60 because i mean if you can hit your spot at 20 you don't need to shoot spots at 20 all day long go back to 40 and 50 and now say okay i'm out a little you know bit yeah. yeah um i think we'll conclude with this last one i remember grimnick 11 who's one of our buddies um he asked, comes in here a lot that's yeah. steve <laughs> okay um he asked what are the do's and don'ts of field dressing that you guys think the biggest He's problem i mean i worked out uh for the canyon wallace at long point so we we called 500 deer out there um during um during a couple of hunts okay and it's unbelievable how many guys cut them all the way from the neck all the way and open up the whole <laughs> hinds uh, so that is a a definite don't so th the smaller hole you can make the better why is that um introduce less oh, i mean if you take it to a, a butcher or a, an abattoir they always hate when you cut open because there's hair and dirt on the, you know that's your best cuts of meat right. so you can technically field dress your entire animal with about a 12 inch cut right. so i mean it's it's nicer it's cleaner then if you get it back to the barn something you want to you know open them up a little bit but i mean as same as this taxidermist we'll see you guys they slit the neck. Yeah. What'd you do that for? We had to hit a wind point. We had to bleed him. He's dead. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to bleed a dead animal. I mean, it's not, your heart yeah. stopped pumping. So, um, way too many capes <clears throat> ruined. As tax room, I just see most people having a clue of how to feel. And it dress all comes down to, oh, my animals. uncle did it like this. My grandpa, this is the way you got to do it. But so, really small hole. Um, so you don't introduce any more bacteria than you have to. And um, get him get eviscerated as quick as you can basically okay. but the old days when we hunted we could leave a deer overnight the coyote populations are so bad yeah well, i mean very you, bad you can right hardly now. leave an hour or two anymore and that's unfortunate because now you're kind of forced to taking on the game trail quicker than normally you'd want to if you made a poor hit you just be now oh, you leave because you want you know well now you don't dare because the coyotes pick up that blood trail on you and, and mm -hmm. you know they've got them so it, it's really unfortunate because you know i think there's animals get lost because a lot of times after an animal lays down, you put them up. You know, your blood trail's gone, and it's and then you then you got the five man search where you're all crisscrossed and looking for them and everything else. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, so I mean, I would say get them field dressed as quick as you can and cool down. And um, and one thing you shouldn't ever do is you should never put water. Don't mm -hmm. wash them out because even yeah, tap water, them, eh? even tap water has so much bacteria in it. I mean, the blood kind of seals it. So just let the blood do it. If you gut shot them. And he's really bad, and you can get him to a butcher reel and a cooler real fast. Well, then you can take some warm water and some vinegar or something and kind of okay. clean him out a little bit. But I lost an animal one time; it was warm, and I I had gut shot. I didn't find him the next day, and I took the hose and I cleaned him all out and I hung him in the barn. He went bad in about really? six hours. It just was unbelievable. Because the meat doesn't dry; it stays all wet. Bacteria goes in. Bacteria Whereas just if gets... you rub it with the blood, it'll skin over and yeah. it seals it. You could get that dirt on it and just brush it off. That so that gut shot smell that you you know if you make a, a gut shot yeah. you know it's a smell it's not into the meat i mean the yeah. only thing it really affects are the tenderloins which i mean i've never been a real fan of tenderloins to me they've always been kind of a soft gummy i mean some guys just love tenderloins but i've never really been you know that crazy about them so okay. but uh, yeah so don't introduce any kind of bacteria and that's generally water yeah and what about wiping um if guys have got them open a deer will say and they just want to wipe it down with a cloth or paper towel to take all that blood and they can but like chris fine. says the blood actually helps it seals it so okay. i mean it doesn't hurt but i mean if it is like said if there's gut material in there i mean if you when you when you eviscerate them as long as you be careful you don't hit the bladder and stuff like that then you generally don't have that problem but yeah i mean basically everything inside is you know there's not that much all that stuff's generally going to waste anyways mm -hmm. so but yeah i mean you could you could take a, a definitely a cloth or something like that but well, that concludes a lot of our questions, if not all of them. Uh, did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about, let people know about that are around the community, maybe to come in and check out? Um, Definitely come and check us out. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then bring your tree. bring your kids. I mean, it's a real family sport. I mean, we do so much. It's unbelievable how many times the family comes in and the, and, uh, the mother or the women don't want to shoot. They end up shooting better. They listen. Yeah. I mean, and they really enjoy it. So it's not just, um, I mean, archery is a big family sport. And I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not just for the rolling the hunting and it's you know so and one cool feature you guys do have is the online booking yes so and people don't always have to call you just go online enter your name yeah. and email and, and it and works you great can pick a slot yeah it works really good for us one thing though 
if you're not going to show up, call. March out. Call and say, hey. Uh, yeah, I'm stuck in traffic. We, yeah. Yeah, we, we've got yeah. a, there's a new opening come available. Because, like, today we had a, a group that booked our range for two hours. We told people, like, no, it's booked for two hours. We're, we're, actually, getting, we're actually getting so busy that people are booking four, you know, months at a time in advance because we're booked on Saturdays and so much. So, unfortunately, sometimes they forget. But, we uh, usually try and do a week if we're trying to get in on a Saturday. Yeah. But even sometimes then, it's like there's only one or two spots. Yeah. And if, you know, me, Marcello, and Steve all want to shoot, Sometimes it doesn't and like work I said, out. now our outdoor range, we got up to 60 yards out there, yeah. so the weather's getting warmer. So even if it looks full on the online booking, you can give us a call and say, hey, is the outdoor range available? And then we got room for you out there. Right on. Well, so. that concludes that podcast. Thank you guys for staying hey, late. Hey, we appreciate and, uh, the dinner. It was awesome. Yeah. It was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so everyone be sure to check out Antler River. Uh, go on their website or come on down to Gideon Drive and uh, in Delaware. In, in Delaware. Delaware and check out the range and check out some cool new products get ready for uh, your hunting season or your tournament shoots thanks guys and uh, be sure to tune in to next week because we're going to have another guest speaker and uh, that'll be a surprise thanks a lot guys thank you thank you